Let's talk money at quarter past three and Mary Holmes in. Hello. Hello, Jesse. Nice to have you in. Yes, thanks. Nice to be here. I was interested, by the way, driving into here brown sugar because I think that's a bit of a controversial song these days, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but but I turned it on full volume and I was really <laughs> grooving to it. It was Yeah, that's it the was thing, wonderful. isn't it? Yes. I, I, I did look, one of my producers alerted me to the lyrics and I thought, oh, and then I thought, oh, look, let's just play it for what it is. <laughs> yes, it is a wonderful song. And it's a quiz, song. you yes, know. Yes. But, yeah, probably, yeah, probably not a song that you will hear a lot more after 2021. No. Um, <laughs> nice to have you in. and. Um, one of the things I like about you, Mary, is you're not afraid to change your mind if yeah. presented with the evidence. Yes, well, you know, because I haven't got any, you know, skin in the game, I, I can just change my mind and it doesn't. I don't lose anything by doing it. Well, you've got an ego and, like all of us. Well, yeah, yeah. but uh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> but, but this week or since I was last in here talking about reverse mortgages, mm. I had a bit of a... Uh, not an epiphany is too strong a word, but uh, a guy from Heartland Bank wrote to me and said, Mary, you're being a little bit too limiting in recommending reverse mortgages only for people later in retirement. So just very quickly, reverse mortgages are, are when you get typically in retirement, you borrow against the house. You usually have got a mortgage-free house and then you borrow against the house and pay no interest or no principal repayments. Mm. And so the loan builds up and builds up. And when you sell the house or die, it's paid back. And I, because the loans can... If you get one of those loans at 65 or, or 70 and then live for another 20 or 30 years, the, the compounding interest can mean the loan grows awfully fast. Mm. And... I therefore say, and, and the interest rates are higher than they are on regular mortgages, and, the, and I therefore say, look, try not to when you're in, in early retirement. And I'm still saying that, but he wrote and said, look, um, there are a lot of people in early retirement who don't have other savings. They've used their savings up or for whatever reason. You know, things happen to people. They start a business and then, it, you know, right at retirement time, the business collapses or whatever. Things happen. Um, and he said they've been really... In fact, one of the things he said I've, is I've seen many customers put off approaching us and they are no longer in a position to enjoy the benefit of the equity they release mm. because they've got older and so they, they've missed out um, on being able to make good use of the money tied up in their house. So I thought, well, yeah, look, as long as it's not a huge amount of money and as long as people understand what they're doing here... It's not such a bad thing to do for, for people in earlier retirement. And while I was thinking, and I'll go into that in a, a bit more in a minute, but I also thought there are a lot of other ways people can make their money go further in retirement or make their finances work better. So I'll get on to those in a minute yeah. too. But on the reverse mortgages, um, the Heartland, which Heartland and SBS are the only two banks, to, to my knowledge, offering them at the moment, um, and at Heartland, they, he says the average borrower is 73, uh, which is younger than, than I would really recommend. He said most of them don't have any savings or they've used up their savings, and about 40% of them are getting them as a form of debt consolidation. So they've perhaps got credit card debt and mm -hmm. other high-interest debt. And 
So reverse mortgages, while their rates are higher, I think they're about six mm-hmm. at the moment, higher than an ordinary mortgage, but they're still a lot lower than a credit card. You'd approve um, of debt consolidation, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, certainly. You'd when mostly you, approve yes. of not getting into debt in the first place, but yep. sometimes you can't avoid it. That's right. And certainly if you can, you know, if you can consolidate the debt into one loan at a lower interest rate, that obviously makes a lot of sense for people. And another third of the people who are getting them are using them for day-to-day expenses, he said. So uh, usually it's a small amount. At first, it's usually about 8% of the value of the house. So they're not borrowing, you know, so they've got a um, house worth these days that could well be worth a million or three-quarters mm. of a million or something like that. And if they're borrowing only a fairly small percentage of it, then it's not necessarily a bad idea. He says we tell them to only borrow what they need. They can get it as a line of credit, so they can just add, you know, add to the loan as they need it. Or they can get regular payments if they want that to supplement their super. Um, he says we have controls to ensure customers don't blow it all on a big party. Mm. Um, but um, and, and and he said that even though the younger people. Younger retirees getting them, the average term of a reverse mortgage is seven years. And so most of them, after, after you know, within a few years, are either moving to a smaller house or going to a retirement village or moving in with family. Um, only 25% of the repayments come when the customer dies or moves into aged care. So that's surprised me. So only a quarter of them are sort right. of long, long term. Um, although I thought, well, yeah... Um, Heartland's been doing this, I don't know, it's between, say, five and ten years now. They haven't been doing them terribly long, and I think... So they haven't had time yet for... for Not a lot of data. Yeah, and and for people to have those long, longer-term loans. But but still... um, Right, yeah. He also says we get every applicant to consider alternative options such as downsizing, and we encourage them to discuss it with their families and get independent, and they have to get independent legal advice. So, I, so in short, I'm still saying I'd rather people wait until later in retirement, but if you're really short of money and you've got a house and it's sitting there worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, it is a way to do it. Just do it with your eyes open and know that it will grow quite fast. Yeah, and um, I guess from what he's saying, do it with some confidence that the ba- it's in the bank's interests or at least the bank appears to be not wanting to let you get into trouble. Yeah. They're not going to yeah. push and push and push and they no. don't want you in, to end up with spiralling debt for Partly decades. Partly because, you know, um, there's nothing like an, an old person going to the media saying, uh, you know, I was duped by this bank. I mean, mm. you know, I'm not saying the banks haven't got people's best interests at heart, but uh, it would also be terrible publicity for them. Because yeah. old people in particular, if they get scammed or in some way cheated, that always comes, you know, looks worse. Mm. Worse, yeah. I think we've um, settled on older people. Older, well, yes, yeah. yes. Well, no matter what age we're talking about, I'll get a text from someone saying, oh, I'm that age and I'm not old. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite true. <laughs> and then I came up with, was went back to my to my book, Rich Enough, actually, and looked mm. at all the other um, ways you can make finances easier in retirement uh, because some of these, some and some of these, you do have to own a home, but not all of them. Yeah. That's um, a great list. You've got ten tips. Yes, and so the first one is to just retire later, which is becoming much more common. So not retiring at say sixty-five, and people report that they get a lot of 
job satisfaction out of continuing to work. They get social contact. They don't necessarily continue to work full-time, but perhaps part-time. Now, I know that there are going to be people out there saying, well, that's all very well for you to say, but I've lost my job and I can't get another job. Hard, there is definitely ageism out there for getting jobs. But I've heard of people doing consulting, doing tutoring, you know, what? think about what your skills are and do some tutoring and that, teaching your hobby. Um, I've probably mentioned this before. I know a woman who's very good at decorating birthday cakes, etc. Mm. And so she does that and charges quite a lot of money for right. a beautiful cake. You spend your um, whole life getting good at something. Yeah, yeah. so there's all sorts of... Uh, I know a man who was a formerly and chief executive of quite a big company who's now mowing lawns, and he loves it. He gets to know all the regulars, goes around and mows their lawns, gets to know the neighbourhood gossip. Um, So, you know, there are things people can do to earn a bit of extra money, and it makes an amazing difference. If you continue work, say, until... Well, in one example I worked through... This was a a woman had an X amount of dollars. I can't remember, but that doesn't matter. They translated if she retired at 65, she'd have $610 a week to spend out of that money. But at 67, it would be 730. And at 70, it would be 970. So you compare that. At 65, she'd have $610. At 70, she'd have $970 a week to spend. That's the difference it can make having few more years when you're actually saving instead of spending. So um, that's a really important way for people to, to, you know, just think of some way you can earn a bit of money. Um, moving house um, is an obvious one, and maybe moving to another town. Um, some words of caution on that. I've had people writing to my column and saying when you move to smaller towns, the medical care isn't always as good, especially if you need specialist care um, and people not but might not be as friendly um, so I recommend people actually rent out their own house and go and rent a house in the place they're thinking of moving to and see how that works for them do that for maybe a year and see if it works well but even within your own town you can you can sometimes move to a smaller place um, there are all sorts of options around there some other slightly more creative ones um, taken borders or flatmates or Airbnb, a lot of people say, I do not want my privacy invaded by having other people in my house, especially in my old age. But I, for example, know one woman who did it for a while and loved it because she had foreign students coming in. Now, there aren't that many of them at the moment, but they'll come back. Um, and, And they taught her how to cook their ethnic cooking, and she taught them how to cook New Zealand cooking, and they had wonderful meals and a lot of laughs over the dinner table. And that's the kind of thing that can work really well. Check the tax ramifications of it and check your insurance if you're going to be taking people in because sometimes the insurance company won't cover you unless you tell them. But that can be a really neat thing for people to do in retirement. Uh, the fourth one is you subdividing. Could just, you could just take someone, if you're near a tertiary institution, take somebody for the university year, maybe That's see right. how you like it, and then yep. at the end of the year you're not committed long term. That's are you? a really good, good suggestion. Mm. And 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 even if you do like it, you get the summers off, perhaps. You mm. know. And um, yeah, look, there are ways that people can can take somebody on, you know, and and get a lot of fun out of it. Actually, get security get social contact, get um, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of good stuff can flow from that. 
subdividing your land. Don't don't think you can't do it because you tried to do it 20 years ago and you weren't allowed because the, the cities around the country, especially Auckland and, and I'm sure some others, have made it easier to subdivide because they want more dense housing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite a lot of older people might quite welcome having less garden to take care of. Um, um, now, rates rebates and rates postponement are um, really good ways to get some extra money that a lot of people aren't realising. Yeah, I love this tip of yours. Yeah, so rate rebates, or sometimes they're called rate remission, that's for people on low incomes who can actually um, get get a, a, a break from paying their rates to just not don't have to pay them, or m- more likely get a reduction in their rates. Actually, the government's um, got some kind of scheme in where you get up to $655 a year taken off your rates. So that's freeing up some money year by year, which could really help people. Mm. And then rates postponement, which is um, hardly ever used. Apparently there's only a few people around around the place that do it. But it's like a, a, a mini reverse mortgage and that you just don't pay your rates until you sell the house or die. And the debt grows in the meantime, and interest grows on it, but it tends to be a smaller amount than if you got a, a reverse mortgage. And the interest rate will be lower, because the city councils charge you the rate of interest that they pay on their debt, which tends to be three, four, that sort of thing, yeah. that sort of percentage. Or less. Um, Yes, it could be less in yeah. some cases. Um, and I really think people should be doing this more because it frees up a few thousand dollars a year to mm. fix up the house or ha- go on a little trip somewhere. Um, it's... Now, what what have I got down here? Loan... Yes, you, oh, you, the loan does grow, but don't forget that your house value grows as well yeah. with both, both the rates postponement and the reverse mortgages. When people look at tables about how much their debt will grow, they think, oh, my goodness, you know, after 20 years it's doubled or tripled or quadrupled. Mm. But the value of the house should have gone up by that much as well. You know, houses don't always go up, but over the long term they do. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And and with rates postponement, you can pay it back usually if if you then suddenly got an inheritance or something like that, most councils will then accept that you pay it back. I was just having a look online at who offers it. Now, some places offer offer postponement only to lower-income people, and the ones that I saw, um, I think this is true. When I went to look, Jesse, I went on all these city council websites, and honestly, a lot of them are nightmares of communication. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, but I think it's true that you're only you can only get it in hardship in Christchurch, Palmerston North, Rangitiki, Whanganui. Um, but ones that offer it to everybody include Auckland, Thames, Coromandel, uh, Western Bay of Plenty, Nelson, and Marlborough. And look, there will be others. It was just really hard. I ran out of time actually yeah. to, to check them all. So check with um, your own council. Yes, and. Don't forget this This could change. I mean, I think it's an idea that will probably take on a bit more, especially with house values going up the way they have around the country. And so if your council doesn't offer it or only offers it to poorer people, um, check again in five or ten years and you know ring them up and ask them or, and push your council members 
to bring it in because there's no, there's no, it's no skin off anyone's nose because you're the council's just basically lending you the money at the interest rate it has to pay to borrow money and um, getting it back later on. It's, no one, it's not like other ratepayers are suffering from it. It's yeah. just a loan to you. Why wouldn't so, everyone do it? I don't know. And I don't know why every council doesn't offer it, offer it to everybody. I could possibly get onto a bit of a campaign to try and make this happen a bit more because it's, mm. cause it's a really good idea. And especially with house values growing the way they have. Um, we are running short of time here, aren't we? So I've, I've got... Yeah, you, you can go right more. up to 25 too. Can I? Okay, yeah, yeah but still that's... <laughs> four more with a, bit, a minute each, I think. Okay. Uh, accommodation supplements, that's, that's the gov- from the government, from work and income. Um, they'll help you with rent, board or home ownership costs. So regardless of whether you own your own home or, or, or are renting, you can get extra money over and above New Zealand super. And, you know, that quite a few people possibly especially old people, um, sometimes are too proud to take handouts from the government, although we, we don't think that way about New Zealand super, but taking other money from the mm. government. But, you know, I mean, you're entitled to that. Things happen in people's lives that they can't always help. And I, I would strongly encourage people who are really struggling in retirement to look into those accommodation supp- supplements from work and income. You could call them up or um, email them and just ask, what might be available for you. So you think that yeah. someone who was on New Zealand Super might still be eligible for oh, accommodation? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. New Zealand Super's for everybody over 65. Yeah. And you can get accommodation supplements as well as that, which not everyone realises and okay. the money is there. Um, another um, quite sort of radical one, number eight, is sell your house and become a tenant. Hmm. Um, but there are people out there, I've had, I had someone in my column a while back, my Herald column, saying they were thinking of doing that. And there is no real reason why people shouldn't do that as long as they free up enough money to cover their rent for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And they want to probably try and get a long-term lease from a landlord and choose a landlord who's likely to treat you well, yeah. but it can you know, free up a heck of a lot of money. It's another one that's come out of the fact that house values are so high. Yeah, so um, if you I mean, if say you had were paying $300 a week what's that, 15000 a year over 20 years is $300,000 so you're going to spend $300,000 on rent and you're going to sell your home for a million dollars you might just decide, great, I'll take that $700,000 yes. and not worry yep. about it. Yeah. Look, it really can work for people, and quite a lot of people, even if they they don't have a mortgage anymore, they you know by the time they look at what they're paying in terms of rates and maintenance and, and insurance etc., um, the rent might not be that different from what they're paying in house costs. Um, so look, it's just something to think about—a radical one. But um, the last couple are. To sell assets on Trade Me or to sell them in any way to any, anybody, but Trade Me's Trade Me can be quite fun. Mm-hmm. People um, marketing that you know, if you if you look on Trade Me and see how people are marketing the type of thing you might sell, it might be I don't know a piece of art or a, a really beautiful bedspread or I mean who Woolen, knows Woolen what? beanies. Yeah, look anything, anything, uh, that, and if you photograph it well and 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 you know have a little go at marketing it well, people can make, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, really, if they get in and, and, and sell stuff. Um, 
consider even selling valuables, you know, family jewellery and that. If, if you're really struggling to, to have a nice life, you might want to, you know, not necessarily keep all the jewellery or whatever else, medals, whatever else you've got. Just think about that. It's not... Lots of people would say, you can't do that. But if you are buying only cheap food and not really being able to afford the movies, say, well, maybe you should do that. It's just... just um, And it gets getting rid of clutter is a huge plus mm. from the point of view of um, whoever's going to clean up your house after you die. Um, you know, that, so that can be another another advantage for it all. Now, my final one is... Uh, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but... Um, people might not remember it or might not have heard it. And that is early in retirement you you add to your will that you're going to give some money to a charity. And, you know, it might be $5,000, it might be half a million dollars, who knows what it, what it will be, but you put it in your will. And then if you live to, say, 85 or 90, you become the charity. You take it out of your will and spend it on yourself at that point. And um, it's you know, a nice tidy way to take care of the fact that you people worry about living a really long life and then not being able to to finance it. Mm. So you spend your own savings up until age eighty five or ninety and then you dip into the money you had planned to give to charity. Love it. That might be a controversial one, but I'm afraid we don't have any time for controversy because no, that's it's the end of our session. <laughs> Um, can you suggest a book where all these tips might be collected in one place? <laughs> Jesse, you're a gem. It, it is written up in my book, Rich Enough. Great. Yes. It's Mary Holm, personal finance expert.